good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right. Let's go. Hour number two of the show off and running with you on this Wednesday here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt. Beaver is here. And thank goodness you are here. Therefore, we got a reason to have a show and a reason for us to be here. So uh, get on in here. You can be a part of it. And I hope you will. You can say, you know, comment and be in on the show lots of different ways. It's the same as grabbing a chair, pulling up to the table, and just plopping down beside us and dive right on into the conversation. And when you do that, I'll even pour some hot coffee into your cup from maybe from my thermos here, my theoretical coffee pot from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com and order some coffee there. Lots of different blends and flavors and roasts from around all around the world. You'll see that there. And uh, fine, fine people, and they have a great company and business been around. I think they might even be the, the oldest coffee roaster in Mississippi. And, uh, yeah, you can get it and order it online. Highpointroasters.com shows up at your door. You can be like me, sipping on hot coffee right in the smack dab middle of the day. <laughs> so what? All right, so uh, drop a comment on the Murray West Live thread there on YouTube, Facebook. Happy to hear from y'all. And we'll get on in there. You can also text me on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. The number to text, 885-3776. Got it? That's the number, 885-3776. We were talking about the Conan O'Brien thing in hour one and sort of put a bow on that. Mac in Vicksburg, he texted in and he said Conan's farewell speech when he was, quote, let go from the Tonight Show was awesome. And it really went out, the line that I remembered was, hey, remember, kids, you can do anything in life that you want to do if you apply yourself. Unless Jay Leno wants to do it, too. <laughs> it was great. It was great. <clears throat> and uh, somebody pointed out that, you know, Conan was a like a, a unknown writer for The Simpsons. He was a writer on SNL. And, and then you look at what you know he was able to do as a host. And... Uh, one last thing on that, on the Murray West live thread, Chuck said that Letterman was on CBS up against Leno. The Late Late Show with Tom Snyder came on after Letterman, Letterman for several years, and that's one that I have no recollection of whatsoever. And so, I mean, it's a pretty good indication that Conan was, uh, Conan was more popular. All right, uh, you can also call me. Phone lines are open to you. Those things, uh, we seem to, the phone lines get really active on Mondays and Tuesdays and then kind of kick back up later in the week. But feel free, so it's wide open for you today. Anything you want to talk about is cool with me. Call me up on the Divini phone, the number to call, 995-1059. Got it? 601 number, 995-1059. Who's playing who this week in college football? Let's talk about it right now. Uh, here we go. This is who's this FBS? Yeah, okay, so you will have two college football games tomorrow night on television. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, one on the ACC network and one on ESPN. 
The one on the ACC Network has a ranked team. Uh, 22nd ranked Miami is hosting Bethune-Cookman, and so Miami will destroy them, you would think. Miami's 2-0 after the win over Texas A&M. That's at 6.30 tomorrow night on the ACC Network. And meanwhile, same time on ESPN, you're going to get Navy at Memphis, 6.30 kick uh, at Liberty Bowl Stadium there in Memphis. So I think Memphis is a pretty decent favorite in that one. Memphis is 2-0. and who, they, who, is, who did Memphis beat already? I don't guess State or Ole Miss either want to play in Memphis this year, are they? All right, so Memphis beat Bethune-Cookman the first week 56-14, to and they went to Arkansas State and won 37-3 last week. Now it's, look at this. Memphis has four straight home games now. Navy, then Missouri, they're going to host an SEC team. And then uh, Boise, and then Tulane before back-to-back road games at UAB in North Texas. Anyhow, I do find it interesting, you know, you're going to have, of those two, who are the, um, what's the most interesting game? It's certainly not the one that has a ranked team in it. (laughs) It's the game with two unranks, Memphis hosting Navy tomorrow night. But, uh, you know, that would be a good game to watch, I, I would think. You're going to have uh, three televised college games on Friday night. Now, I would suggest watching high school football on Friday night. Friday nights are for high school football. Go to one if you can. It's going to be nice weather around here. But you will have three college games on television on Friday night. None to really speak of. Utah State at Air Force, Army at UTSA, and uh, Maryland hosting Virginia on FS. FS1. So let's look now at top 25 teams playing on Saturday. Um, I think we got chronological here. Yeah. Not all of it. No. Okay. Well, I'll do the best I can. All right. So 11 a.m. games with top 25 teams. You guys, a bunch of them actually. So 11 a.m. ESPN is LSU at Mississippi State. That's the ESPN game after game day. At 11 on the SEC Network is Missouri hosting Kansas State. So at 11, you're going to have a couple of ranked teams on the road at unranked SEC teams. Uh, 2.30 on CBS, South Carolina at Georgia. That one is, uh, again, 2.30 CBS. So uh, this will be the last year for those of us who um, have for a long time been a part of that and seeing that and understanding that the number one time slot every weekend for SEC football is 2.30 on CBS. It used to be with Uncle Vern and Gary Danielson, and now it's Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson. And and it's been a great relationship and a heck of a product. I mean, the CBS broadcast is always a great product. Well, Saturday you're going to get the, the first of the last of the SEC on CBS, because it's the last year. And this is the first weekend for it. South Carolina at Georgia, uh, 2.30 from Athens. And let's be honest, it ought to be a bloodletting, but you just never know. When you got a new quarterback who can be a little up and down, uh, you just never know. Also at that same time, 2.30 on ABC is Alabama visiting South Florida. Alabama's revenge tour begins this weekend in Tampa. Um, 11 a.m. on ABC, 
You've got Florida State flying high, 2-0, coming off the win over Southern Miss. They go to Boston College. A lot of, you know, burgundy and gold in that stadium um, in Massachusetts with Boston College hosting Florida State. 11 a, that's an 11 a.m. game on ABC. The 11 a.m. game on Fox on Saturday is 7th-ranked Penn State at Illinois. At 1 o'clock on the Pac-12 network, in other words, nowhere on television, 12th-ranked Utah host Weber State. Yep, I said it. At 1.30 p.m. on the Peacock channel, that's the sort of the alternate NBC deal, Notre Dame's going to host Central Michigan, so nobody really going to see that one other than Notre Dame fans. <laughs> Honestly, at that time slot, 1.30, people will be watching other stuff. Uh, 2.30 on FS1, you get Oregon State, who's a top, well, uh, they're ranked 16th, hosting San Diego State. 2.30 on ESPN2, it's 19th-ranked Oklahoma at Tulsa. 2.30 on ESPN, it's Minnesota at 20th-ranked North Carolina. 2.30 on the ACC Network. It's Duke hosting Northwestern. Battle of a bunch of academicians in Durham, North Carolina. 2.30 on the Big Ten Network. 25th ranked Iowa hosting Western Michigan. Uh, a little later in the afternoon, 3 o'clock on Fox. Ohio State hosting Western Kentucky. 4 o'clock on Peacock after the Notre Dame game. Is... Um, Washington at Michigan State. you got uh, some crazy things going on at Michigan State. Washington's a top-10 team right now. And they're, they're favored big in that one. 4 o'clock on the Pac-12 network, a top-25 Washington State team hosting Northern Colorado. Uh, no television whatsoever for the UCLA game hosting Northern, North Carolina Central. UCLA is ranked 24th. And then it's, uh, here we go, night games. Or later at night. 6 o'clock on ESPN, 11th-ranked Tennessee at Florida. How confident are y'all that Tennessee is going to beat Florida this weekend in Gainesville? Florida's 1-1. One one. We know the whole story. Whipped by Utah week one. Troubles, you know, those things. Beat a nobody last week. Tennessee's 2-0. and oh. Did not look all that fantastic for a little while on offense last week. I think they wound up scoring 30 points. But it's in Gainesville. So 11th-ranked Tennessee at Florida, 6 o'clock Saturday night on ESPN. How confident are you, scale of 1 to 10? 10 being ultimately confident, 1 being no confidence. How confident are you that Tennessee beats Florida? Uh, 6.30 Saturday night on the SEC Network, Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. Um, more evening and night games in the top 25. Let me... Let me give you those. 6.30 on the Big Ten Network. Second-ranked Michigan host Bowling Green. 7 o'clock on the Longhorn Network. Fourth-ranked Texas 2-0 after whipping Alabama, hosting Wyoming. 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. 13th-ranked Oregon is going to host Hawaii. And the latest kickoff of the night is 18th-ranked Colorado hosting Colorado State, who is 0-1, by the way. That is a 9 p.m. kickoff time on ESPN. So that'll be after the um, Florida and uh, Tennessee game is over on ESPN. They'll switch it over to Colorado, Colorado State. And that's the thing about it. They were pointing that out. So, so college game day program of Herb Street, 
They're going to Colorado for this. So is the Fox game day show, which somebody reminded us a while ago is called the Big Noon Kickoff on Fox. This is a better show. And they're both going to that. <laughs> so they're both set up there, like competing for TV viewers and attention on site. And then the game that they're at doesn't kick off until 12 hours later. <laughs> it's crazy. But um, anyhow, that's your college schedule. So real quick here. Let's look at a couple of conferences because you're going to have some games in the SEC that don't involve uh, ranked teams maybe. Yeah, Samford at Auburn on Saturday night. Samford from Birmingham. You know, that's that's interesting to me because, I mean, Auburn's a better team, sure, and they coming off the long trip to the West Coast. They didn't play great but won 14-10 over Cal. First year for Freeze and his staff, and they're going to be good on offense, you know. And you would think that Freeze knows what he's doing as far as putting a team together and recruiting and all that. But Samford is a team that, under Coach Hatcher, that they can score and have scored. They always move the ball and score. Wide open air raid, all kinds of stuff, you know, that it's hard to defend. They've already got a loss this year, but they may move the ball up and down the field some, get a chance to play in Auburn Saturday night at 6. It's not on TV, but it is online, ESPN Plus, for that one. Hog Jowl mentioned this one earlier. 6.30 Saturday night on ESPN2, BYU at Arkansas. BYU is 2-0, and so is Arkansas. BYU has beaten Sam Houston State 14 to nothing. Boy, was it raining? Snowing? And then last week they beat Southern Utah 41-16. to uh, They haven't played anybody. What about Arkansas? Have they played anybody? Arkansas is 2-0. and they beat Western Carolina 56 to 13. And then last week they beat Kent State 28 to 6. And the score stretched on out there later in the game. Arkansas and Kent State were actually pretty tight uh, early. Uh, Saturday night at 6.30 on ESPNU. It's Akron at Kentucky. In the afternoon on uh, the SEC network, unranked Texas AM, one and one, hosts Louisiana Monroe who is 2-0. Who did Monroe beat? They beat Army and then Lamar. They beat Army 17-13, and then they beat Lamar 24-14. Is Coach Bowden still at Monroe? Or is he at Lafayette? Which one is Terry Bowden coaching? I think he's at Monroe, isn't he? And then uh, Saturday night, CBS Sports Network, Vanderbilt... At UNLV, at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Vandy beat Hawaii, beat Alabama A&M, and then were competitive against Wake Forest last week. They went to Wake Forest. They lost by 16, 36 to 20. Um, but it wasn't like they got smoked and run out of there. So, you know, hats off to them. They're 2-1. and So, Vandy, look, I'll be honest with you. Vandy's got a chance on the road here. To be a three and one football team, y'all realize that? UNLV beat Bryant forty four to fourteen in week one, and then last week they went to Michigan and collected a check, and came back home with a thirty five to seven loss. So that's that's who UNLV, UNLV has played thirty five to seven loss last week to Michigan. I think Vandy might actually be favored in the game. Vandy's two and one, and a chance if they play well to be three and one. And then it'll get tough for them, right? Because then they're going to host Kentucky. They'll host Missouri. 
But a three and one Vandy will have a lot more confidence getting ready to host Missouri than a two and uh, I'm sorry than a uh, yeah two and two Vandy. That's interesting. I find it interesting. Maybe you do too. All right, and in the SWAC this weekend, I mentioned earlier Bethune on Thursday night at Miami. Saturday, 6 o'clock, Alcorn State's hosting McNeese. That is who Florida whipped up on last week. 7.30 Saturday night on ESPN Plus if you want to watch it online. Tough trip for Jackson State. They go to Texas State. Jackson State coming off a win over Southern. They are 2-1 and one on the year. They'll go to Texas State, who is 1-1. One one. Wasn't it Texas State had the big upset? And we, yeah, Texas State in week one went to Baylor and beat Baylor 42-31. to 31, But then turned around last week on the road and lost to UTSA 20-13. to 13. And now, so they're 1-1. One and, one. and Valley goes to Delta State. 6 o'clock Saturday night. Mississippi Valley State at Delta State in... Cleveland. All right, a few of your comments here. First up on the country, please, and text line. Bo from Florence said, on a serious note, if you're sleepy that much during the day and haven't been tested for sleep apnea, you need to be. <laughs> he said, untreated sleep apnea can cause other health issues, including atrial fibrillation, so AFib, of the heart. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you know, every checkup that I've had at this point in my life when I go and they hook you up, put you on a treadmill and everything, I've always, I've never come away with anything, but I think that's why they do it, right, Bo? Why you should, you, you kind of on a regular schedule, you just go in, they check you out, you go in, they check you out, you go, checkups and stuff, right, to make sure nothing pops up in the meantime. Good stuff. And I think I may have missed this. Uh, no, that was Monday. Okay, gotcha. Bo, you text me on Monday. That's right. I was thinking that was earlier today, but it was not. That was uh, from Monday. Thanks for looking out for me. I appreciate that very much. Uh, on the Murray West live thread, uh, Nick said Joe Milton, that's Tennessee's quarterback, can't hit the side of a barn, but he can throw it over it. <laughs> All right. So are you saying Tennessee's definitely going to beat Florida or not? Will says on the Murray West live thread, go to murraywest.com. That's M-U-R-R-Y, West, murraywest.com. Uh, he said the Texas State players said that Baylor was an easier opponent than UTSA was. Man, i tell you this, Will. Did you see, um, so in the first week, Baylor's quarterback got hurt. So last week uh, against Utah, the Mississippi State transfer, Sawyer Robertson, played and started for Baylor. And uh, Sawyer's a great kid, but, man, he mightily struggled in that start. He was somewhere around 35 40% completions in the game, no touchdowns, two interceptions, really struggled. And um, the second interception was late in the game in a tie game on his end of the field, and it kind of just automatically put Utah in scoring range. I think they were kind of automatically in field goal range. They might have scored a touchdown. But that's kind of what led to, yeah, you know, getting beat. He was – I was rooting for him too, but man, let me tell you, he struggled. And I, well, here's what it said to me, and we haven't covered it. It would be kind of an off-to-the-side conversation on all this stuff too, Will. But seeing that, you know, someday Sawyer's – he's got all the tools and he may grow up into a big-time starting quarterback. But what it showed me was how fortunate State has been 
all the way up to this point that Will Rogers has been as healthy as he has been. Because, you know, even go back to last year when Sawyer Robertson's your backup, nowhere near ready to start and run your team. Take a few snaps, sure, but run your offense, run it like a machine, like be the boss of the offense. State has been really fortunate these last several years that Will Rogers has not only been there and playing well, but has stayed as healthy as he has stayed uh, over that stretch also. Because I don't think State's had people that, you know, when I say hasn't had, probably if you'd had some sort of, you know, injury to a Will Rogers over the last couple of years, you probably would have seen Chance Lovertich go in there and run your offense, right? And even though Sawyer was a backup. Yeah. Jimmy, yeah, he was saying – Colorado's 10 Eastern, 9 Central, 8 Mountain. So it's 8 p.m. Mountain Time. I get it. But that's it. Like on the East Coast, it's 10 p.m. kickoff for one that the game day shows are going to be at. You just don't – you haven't seen that a whole lot um, over the years. All right. Rolling along with you in the Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Some of your comments. I put that question out there. I'm going to go back and see what you said. How confident are you in Tennessee going to Florida and beating them in Gainesville? Let me know. Stick around. That's right. That is exactly right. I didn't even look at it that way. On the Murray West live thread, the fact that game day and and the Fox show are going to Colorado and then the game against Colorado State kicks off at 9 p.m. Central time. Bill on the Murray West live thread called it Colorado is on prime time. (laughs) They're on in prime time. That's right. See what he did there? Larry is a 9 on a scale of 10 that Tennessee's going to win in Gainesville. Bill, his confidence level is a 6 out of 10. Sven didn't answer the question (laughs) correctly. Sven, I said, what is your confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being no confidence 10 being, you know, ultimate confidence. Scale of 1 to 10, your confidence level that Tennessee was going to go to Florida and whip them in prime time in Gainesville on Saturday night. Well, he just said 99.99%. Got it. Uh, Jimmy said here on the Murray West live thread, if Florida beats Tennessee, the SEC officially will be unexplainable this year. (laughs) Unexplainable, inexplicable, either one. We we know what we mean there, don't we? <clears throat> and I did get one person here. Who was it? 
that said, let's see. Nick. Nick said on he's watching on YouTube, Florida is going to upset Tennessee. How about that? We got one. We got one that says Florida's going to upset Tennessee. There it is right there. Thanks for all the comments so far. We'll get into some more of those coming up on the Murray West live thread. Again, a reminder, you see this logo on my hat? People see that and they go, hey, Matt, did you get like your own logo on a hat? And I would love for that to be the case. M-W. But, no, this stands for Murray West, a great company, a great Mississippi company. and They are based in New Albany. And you can check them out online at murraywest.com. It's M-U-R-R-Y, murraywest.com, contract embroidery company here in, uh, in the state since 1996, custom apparel. If you need your logo sewn into or onto anything, shirts, hats, apparel, promotional items, whatever, you want it done, you want it done right, you don't want it to be cheap, you don't want to have your company people walking around in some stitch thing that's all bent up and won't flatten out and looks weird and they're, one's different from another. You don't want that. You want it done right. You want it to look good. Printing, screening, embroidery. Go to Murray West. Now, more Bully says his confidence level in Tennessee scale of 1 to 10. He texts this in as an 8, but then he says, did I win the hat? What hat? <laughs> no, you don't get this hat. This is my hat. Now, I can get you a hat. More bully, but we didn't do a contest. <laughs> Maybe we should. Now, I really did enjoy this, okay? I enjoyed this. Brian on the Country Pleasing text line. He sent in a script for the old Leonard's Losers segment that used to run on the radio all over the country and all over the southeast remember back in the day leonard's loser and he wrote it in the way that leonard's leonard postostas would have written it and the way he would have read it like this the scrappy felines roll into stark vegas to take on the mississippi state junkyard dogs lots of nfl talent is bound to be all over the field but those frisky cats just have a little more than those dogs and manage to jump over the fence and get away with a close one. Leonard's loser, Mississippi State. <laughs> that was really well done, Brian. Really well done. And then he would and then he'd say this. This was the actual out cue for Leonard's losers. Then he'd say this. Another load of smart pills has been distributed, and I'm slap worn out. So I'll just say, so long, neighbors. Get me out of here, Percy. <laughs> Producer Percy. Get me out of here, Percy. <laughs> Another load of smart pills has been distributed my dad and uncle's granddad when i was a kid and we'd go rabbit my first time or two i ever went rabbit hunting with them not rabbit hunting but we might just be out in the woods or whatever and you'd see where a rabbit had squatted you know the pellets and they they would tell me those were smart pills and that i ought to eat them <laughs> and they learned that at a very early age i was smart enough to know that i shouldn't eat those and i would not do it not recommending that. I wouldn't say I'm just relaying the story is all. All right. Um so we did the we did we went over the what am I saying? Who am I? Where am I? 
We went over the college schedule. Let's talk NFL, all right? Football in America is a special game, a unique game. Played nowhere else on earth, it is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. Here we go. So, NFL Thursday Night Football, it's on Prime, so you'll get to hear the voice of Al Michaels if you are able to tune in tomorrow night. 7-15, Vikings-Eagles. It's in Philadelphia. Eagles looked like they were going to run the Patriots off the field this past Sunday, but then uh, the Pats fought back into it. Uh, I think my song ended. Here, let's do that. (laughs) All right. uh, Sunday, noon, Chiefs 0-1, but they got Chris Jones back. Let's see if he's in shape. And they're going to need all the help they can get because they go to Jacksonville, who's a really good football team this year. So let's see if the Chiefs can bounce back noon on CBS in Jacksonville. And then 3.30 CBS, Cowboys hosting the Jets. Now, Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers' whole story covered widely, all this kind of stuff. Dallas a big favorite. But listen, y'all, the Jets' defense is very good, and I am not sold on the Cowboys' offense. Hope I'm wrong. Want Dak and the Cowboys to be successful because I want Dak to be successful. But look, I, I uh, Cowboys defense is great. Maybe they can win 10 to nothing. But I didn't think the offense for the Cowboys looked very sharp. It couldn't catch the ball the other night. Of course, it was raining. All right, other games around the NFL. Uh, noon on Fox is Packers at Falcons. The Packers look good in week one. So did the Falcons. Uh, noon on CBS. Bills hosting the Raiders. You've got a noon game between the Bengals and Ravens, an AFC North division game. You know, we'll see if Cincinnati gets back on track. This week they lost at home and just got absolutely throttled by division rival Cleveland. And Joe Burrow, he ha- it has to be the worst game in his career ever as a starting quarterback. It has to be. I guarantee you, you cannot find a Joe Burrow game in high school or college, and certainly not the NFL, as bad as that one. So let's see if they bounce back this way. They probably will at home, right? He'll throw five touchdowns. The, the whole law of averages thing will, will kick in there. Uh, noon game is Detroit hosting Seattle. Lions may be 2-0. Seattle didn't look that great week one. Uh, but it's the NFL. Week to week, it goes up and down. Uh, Sven is pointing out that Burrow is going to need two to three more weeks to kind of get the rust knocked off. He was injured the entire offseason, and that is true. Kind of does show you how important it is to practice. Titans hosting the Chargers. Somebody's going to get their first win in Nashville this weekend. That's a noon game. Noon on uh, Fox's Bucks and Bears in Tampa. Bears look good and terrible against the Packers, right? Uh, Tampa's at home. Noon on Fox, Texans and Colts. Who cares? 3 o'clock, Fox. Huge game. Ought to be a good one. In L.A., Rams hosting the 49ers. 49ers looked outstanding in week one, defensively and every other way. Rams had a nice win. That's a rival, so that ought to be fun to watch. 
Then afternoon games, two more afternoon games along with the Cowboys and the Jets. You've got 3 o'clock game with Giants in Arizona, and I can't imagine why anybody would want to watch that. And then 3 o'clock game, CBS, Denver hosting Washington. Washington's 1-0, Denver 0-1. Sean Payton trying to get his first win in the regular season as the Broncos head coach. And he'll have to go through Montez Sweat and Emmanuel Forbes to do it. Sam Howell looked okay the other day. Not great, but uh, they did get the win. I, I tell you what, I like Washington. You'd like to see them have some success for a change, like switch it up a little bit. And then the Sunday night game I think is really interesting. It's in Foxborough, Sunday night on NBC. The Patriots hosting division rival Miami. And the Dolphins are coming off that uh, game where they scored all those points. and In a shootout, they beat um, the Chargers. Tua looked really good. He threw for closer to 500 yards than anybody else in the NFL this weekend. Uh, Tyreek Hill was completely and utterly uncoverable. And they're going to go to Foxborough, night game, where, you know, Pat's lost, but they seem to, I don't know, they found a little something about themselves. And fighting back in and still had a chance right at the end, even completed the fourth down pass to keep the game going. They just got one foot down instead of two. They were that close, it seemed like, to maybe maybe fighting back in and pulling off an upset against Philadelphia. Then you're going to have two Monday night games this coming week. And that includes New Orleans. So on Monday night on ESPN, you get Saints in Carolina. You'll also have uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh on ABC. So Monday night's going to be a lot of fun. Two good games. You're going to need a TV and an iPad or two TVs or something. Or a good remote control. All right, a little bit of time left. When we come back, we'll see where we go. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stay with me. It's go time. Let's go. With a Matt Lyon Show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, look, I am doing my best here to pull in a little bit of Leonard's Losers. Uh, and, and the reason is because uh, it's not easy <laughs> to do actual real-life real live production work while you also talk on the radio. <laughs> okay, but somebody requested it. And, you know, I played... Who was it? Who was it that did it? Was it... Who was it that sent me that? Now I don't have a name. Was it Brian? Yeah, it was Brian. Brian is the one who sent it. All right? And uh, he, he, he basically wrote the script for what would have been like an old Leonard's loser spot on the radio for this game. If you don't know what Leonard's losers is, you can look it up. There's stuff on YouTube. You can find all that stuff. It's pretty neat. It's pretty interesting. And it certainly was entertaining. And it certainly is something that harkens back to a time gone by. Like it, you know, you just don't see anything quite like that anymore. A syndicated thing of, picking games all across the country, and it really more or less was meant to be entertaining and, you know, something that resonated with so many people. I, You know, this is waxing nostalgic just a little bit here, but there was a time, okay, when big-time football stadium, and it's, it seems like forever ago if you're a young person, but trust me, it wasn't that long ago. But there was a time not that long ago where big-time football stadiums sat 
50,000 people, not 100. Okay? And most sat 30 to 35 to 40,000 people in them. And a whole lot of people, the way they consumed college football, they might go to one game a year, but they were hunting and fishing on fall Saturdays. And therefore, they were in the car on the way to the lake or on the way to the, you know, the hunting camp or on the way to the place where they hunted. And dove hunting in September. And later in the fall, they're deer hunting. And so people had spent a lot more time, you know, tuning into what would be like a local radio station or, you know, something like that. And that's how they got the game. And so prior, like leading up to the start of a, let's say, a Saturday radio broadcast, syndicated on radio stations all throughout the southeast was this deal of i don't know it might be 10 or 15 minutes with a couple of commercial breaks in there also of this guy who did this bit and played the part of leonard uh, i think he called himself leonard postostes <laughs> but he was really what leonard postero or whatever his name was uh, i i don't know all the things but i certainly remember hearing it and thinking how cool it was so brian wrote his deal This is what it actually used to sound like, some of it anyway on the radio. Well, thank you, Percy and Howdy football fans. The 1992 pigskin season is beginning to wind down, and there's still the chance that that little upset bug is still in business. The little rascal has done more damage to this year's pigskin crop than the boll weevil did during the Depression. I can't remember a season when no one was safe from that little varmint, and you can bet that I'll do my best to find a vaccine that'll control him before next year. <laughs> As they say down at the fire hall, no matter how hard we spray, there's always a hot spot to cause trouble later on. So the only thing to do is keep on spraying. <laughs> we'll look at this week's losers after these words from dear old dad. Otters in this orange pride. Dear old dad. That's great. Here, here's what his South Carolina would sound like. Virginia Tech versus Virginia. The seven gentlemen from Charlottesville will be looking for an early Thanksgiving dinner when they get to Turkey Corners this weekend. But they'll find Frank Beamer's gobblers hard to swallow and difficult to digest. Leonard's loser, Virginia Tech. <laughs> it was an it was just on and on and on of those things written out and and read and sort of performed in that dialect, and it was uh, very very entertaining. And somebody gave us a little info here. Chuck, who's on the Murray West live thread says there is a version of Leonard's Loser still out there. He said the real Leonard died in 2001, but a new person has brought it back uh, since 2012. And it's, you know, it's one of those where it's really uh, certainly hard to replicate that. Now, Larry points out on YouTube, Jackson Memorial Stadium was sporting 60,000 back in those days, and they were. It was, right? Uh, same capacity that it has now, as I, as I understand it. Yeah, and that's right, Jimmy, you're right. Fridays, did they run, back in the day, 80s, 90s, did they run Leonard's Losers on Fridays or did they run them on Saturdays? I thought I remembered hearing it on Saturdays, but <clears throat> I, I could be wrong about that. Uh, Bill says he used to listen to Leonard's Losers on WBIP AM radio. <laughs> and Chuck agreed with that, WBIP. That's good stuff. All right, what do we have? What do we have? All right, the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. It is the finest sausage you will have ever had. Get some. Try it. Get back to me. I know what you're going to say. 
Now, I get, this was funny. All right, this was funny. I don't think it's in bad taste. It's just a joke is all it is. But an unnamed texter hit us up on the country pleasing text line and said, Aaron Rodgers was in for four plays. That's only three more than Lincoln. I mean, look, you got it. That's fu- I don't care who you are. That's funny. Somebody texted the show and said the Dallas tight end position looked really weak. You know, and they're really high on the those guys, but, buddy, whatever amount of moisture was on that football the other day was enough, apparently, to totally prevent them from being able to catch the ball. They couldn't catch it. Should have had three or four more long completions. And the game didn't have them. MSU 1980 texts the show and says, Matt, I used to listen to Leonard's Losers way back in the 70s when I was at State. He says, when you play him, it certainly brings back great memories. And I look, I even did the good radio host thing there for a while, and I had a knack for hitting the button as the show was ending. And so, like, we'd say, all right, see you all tomorrow. See you. And then the music would play, and then you'd hear... Another load of smart pills has been distributed, and I'm slap worn out. So I'll just say, so long, neighbors. Get me out of here, person. And, and we were using it, and then, uh, I don't know, can, the lack of consistency for me started kicking in and stopped doing it at some point. <laughs> I need to pick it back up. Uh, Daniel in Madison texts the show. He says, hey, Matt. He said, I know last week Coach Arnett got a bad case of Dan Mullins syndrome and went super conservative, but is there any possibility that we see a much more open offense this weekend? Surely with the experienced players that we have, we can stretch the field more than we have shown. Well, you know, Daniel, yeah, listen. I hesitate to, from one week to the next, in the season, once the season has begun, to from one week to the next, expect to see big, huge jumps and differences that would be like a total surprise from what you have seen. And, and you know, whether it's, well, this team hadn't thrown a ball much for two weeks, and in week three they throw it a lot and have a huge success. Or this team over here hasn't run the ball for two weeks against, like, let's say Ole Miss, against Mercer and then Tulane. And then week three, they run for 350 yards, and Judkins has 200 yards rushing against Georgia Tech. Well, I mean, I hesitate to even expect to see those kinds of things because my experience tells me a whole lot of the hay is in the barn by the time you get to week one, meaning pretty soon you are who you are. And you don't just flip switches from one week to the next and go from running team to throwing team and throwing team to running team. So, okay, if we were to play the nuance game, Daniel, and go, okay, much more open offense, well, what what are we talking about specifically? Is it more throws down the field vertically in some shape, form, or fashion and maybe catch one or two of them? Well, that would certainly be a difference, right? That that would be a difference. But 
really then what we're talking about is maybe only three plays out of what you hope is 65 to 75 plays you've run, like out of three being different than the week before. That's not a huge difference. And as I pointed this out earlier, I, I don't have it up in front of me, and I might not even get to pull it up in time before the music begins here at the end of the show, but uh, I know it's just two weeks. We're not playing conference games, so it's hard to compare stats and, and things like that. But as it stands right now, State has the number one running back in the SEC after two games. If you also wanted to stretch it a little further, some people would accuse me of looking for a positive. But you're, in terms of passing the ball, your touchdown pass to attempts ratio is probably better than anybody else in the conference. <laughs> and, and so what that means is there are certain things you have done the first couple of weeks that you really would like to continue, wouldn't you? I mean, you would like for Woody Marks to come out of week three as a number one rusher in the SEC, wouldn't you? You would. So that's why I'm saying, like, I just don't – I think you start getting into week three and four. There's a little bit of a difference maybe between three to five plays, but by this point you kind of are who you are. You better just do what you do better. I kind of think that's just where it is. All right, that's it. Here in the Bureau, we'll do it again tomorrow. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us on the show, see you tomorrow in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you then. See ya! Another load of smart pills has been distributed, and I'm slap worn out, so I'll just say... <laughs>